All right, all right. What's up, fam? It's good to be with you. It's good to be with some, some faith-filled, Holy Spirit-packed champions. Come on now. That's who we are. It's good to be in the place against which the gates of hell cannot stand. It's good to be alive with the power of Jesus Christ and His Spirit that He left with us. Love you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You, Lord, for this time. Holy Spirit, we relinquish this time to You. We pray that our hearts would be soft and good soil to receive, Lord God, Your living and active Word. Lord God, You speak through us. Let us honor this house. Let us honor our pastor, Pastor Gregory Dickow. Let us honor his anointing. Lord God, let us go out here, Lord God, destined to make a difference for Your kingdom glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, just a little funny note, my daughter, last night we were, we were having dinner and I'm trying to do something that Pastor gave a little tidbit about with uh, dinner time with the family. I was asking her what Jesus had told her yesterday. And uh, she, she, she's, uh, she's been getting a little bit uh, more detailed. But yesterday I thought it was cool. She said, he told me all day long I am beautiful. All day long. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, let's, let's be attuned to listen. It's not just for our kids to listen. He'll tell you some things. Give you some pep in your step. I want to talk today on a subject that really... I want to honor this subject because it really is important to me. Uh, really, I think, is the crux of, of what we're to be about. The crux of building. Pastor's been ministering on being builders of the house. And uh, I want to talk to you about this angle of building, what it looks like, what it means to be a builder of his kingdom. You see, there's some studies that have been done, one uh, by LifeWay Research. It says uh, more than four in 10 churchgoers, 43%, say they feel a personal responsibility to share their religious beliefs with, uh, about Jesus Christ with non-Christians. But when asked how many times they shared with someone how to become a Christian in the last six months, 78% said zero. About 10% said they'd share with one person in the last six months. Nearly six in 10, 59% said they'd not invited anyone to church. Well, about one in five, 21% said they'd invited one person in the last six months. Now, I'm convicted by this, right? I've had my seasons too. And just recently, I've, I've been woken up. I have a recent testimony of God ministering salvation. I was at a funeral for a 17-year-old kid. Uh, he had attended a couple times out at the Hoffman Estates campus, and he, um, he was, his train was struck by a car. And he, was, he had a rough upbringing. He grew up in mobile home community. And he saw his mom homeless, and uh, he went through it, really. And uh, he's in heaven, because the gifts of God are irrevocable. And he received salvation. And his mother had named him David, after King David. And her main request 
I mean, God bless this lady. She had some courage and some conviction because I talked to her extendedly before the funeral and I was to give the message. And her main request was that his life be a seed for all of his friends. See, his friends were going to show up at the funeral. They were going to show up with their t-shirts and his picture and his likeness. But what did his legacy want to stand for? What did that David, that man after, at times, the heart of God, happy and imperfect sometimes, that had gotten into the street life, what did his lasting legacy want to be? And his mother assured me that he would have wanted that his friends see him in heaven. He would have wanted that his seed, as it, as it falls into the ground, would not perish but bear many, many seeds. And so as I was walking around before the funeral, I was meeting these guys and these girls. I was shaking their hands and I was hugging them. And it's, like, it's like as I met more of the kids, more, more of, his, more of like his, God's picture and God's perspective on these kids started to infiltrate my mind and my heart. And, and something started to break down in me. You know, whatever plans I had for the message, I need to minister to these kids the unmistakable love of a, of a Savior. The unmistakable love of a Savior and what it means to be able to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Family, he's searching his whole ministry. Remember Jesus, it said, he became the Word and the Word dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the good news. He is the gospel. He is the evangelio, which is the, the Greek way of saying it. The good angel. That's what evangelio means. If you ever wondered what the Greek word for gospel is. It's a good messenger. It's a good angel. It's someone who brings good tidings. Good news. There's a reward for those who bring good news. And you know what? The reward for me that day was the tears that I was sobbing. I actually had to stop. Because at the end of the service, as I told them how Jesus was seeking them out, like Zacchaeus up in the tree, the one they called a crook, like the lady in Samaria by the well, the one who was an outcast in the middle of the day grabbing water from the well, but Jesus had decided to go over the mountains in noontime in the heat of the day to find her, that Jesus was on the search for them. And he's on the search for each of us. And he's on the search for everyone out there. And he loves everyone the same. And as I got to that point in the end of the service, and I said, hey, who wants to honor David and honor the knock on the heart of your, 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 your life right now and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the one who seeks you, the one who leaves the 99 and comes and finds you? I saw a couple hands in the back, and then I said, no, I believe there's more. I believe there's more. I see those hands, I believe there's more. And don't you know, guys, the whole room, they all lifted their hands. They all lifted their hands. Honestly, I'm, I mean, they're, they're... glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to the Spirit of God. The, these guys that were, you know, so, from what I understand, some of them were Latin kings, some of them were in the mix, you know. But at that moment, they received the irrevocable gift of Jesus Christ, His salvation. And I was made awake. And it was like something came awake and alive in me. And when I saw those hands, I had to stop the service. I don't know. I mean, maybe I missed, maybe there was, missed some. But I, as far as I could tell, it looked like everybody. And I, I started to cry. 
See, I came alive in that. The Holy Spirit through me brought me alive. And one of the problems is that there's five reasons I believe that we're not ministering, that we're not out there, that we're not sharing our faith, sharing salvation, sharing, like I said, the freedom from oppression to the world around us. I think one of the inhibiting factors is, is a cultural factor. And I'm not, say, I'm not coming down. I'm coming down on myself too because this was a wake-up call for me. Yes. Please understand that we're in this together. Yes. Come on. Yes. We're in this together. We're encouraging one another. We're lifting each other up. Yes. Amen. One of the things that I think happens is that um, we, we get into this idea that church is about self-training and self-improvement and getting better. And yes, it is. But it is for, for, for the game. And the game is in meeting the lost. The, game, the, the lost might be here in this house, and that's game time too. That's game time on Sundays too. But when we get the training, and we get the edification, and we get the Word, what is it for? It's, it's to step out. It's to minister out of that power. It's to minister out of that glory. It's to be the light on the hill. For the people around us. Let's not get stuck scrolling through church like it's, a, like it's some kind of an Instagram feed. Let's, let's let this feed feed us so that we can feed others. See, when I was playing hoops, I understood that there was something very different about practice and games. And that one of the most important things for any kind of an athlete was to get a lot of game experience, right? Because you could do all the theory, you could do all the training, you could do all the X's and O's, but if you didn't know how to handle clutch time, if when the lights came on and you got between those lines, you, you were gonna be shaken and afraid to make a mistake, you weren't, gonna, you weren't gonna play well. You need to get in there. You need to get in the game. You needed to have some experience between the lines. You could have all the X's and O's, all the theory down. But in stepping through, across the line is where, the, where a lot of the learning took place. And from a young age, they encourage kids, hey, hey, get in as many games as you can. Get some experience. And I'm encouraging you as a church that we, as a church, we as a family, we need to get in the game. We need to get in the game with the people out there. We need to get in the game with the people that after service come up to us and they need some love and they need some, some power and they need some prayer and they need some deliverance. Sotiria, remember, is deliverance, freedom. You see, in sales, I, I, I'm, I'm in sales, and one of the most important things is, and I, this is one of the reasons why I like sales, is because you, can get, you get some training, you understand what you're meant to sell, but the real training happens when you get in front of the customer, when you get out there when you go from customer to customer, when you're able to shake it off when they say no, when you're able to go on to the next guy and have some perseverance and keep going and, and refine the way you say things and see what clicks with one customer and be able to read the customer for, for what he's looking for, right? You see, sometimes I think also culturally speaking, we're into convenience. You know, let's just say it. We're, we're, this country is, is, not, is not the way every country is. It's not the same culture here that's everywhere else. And sometimes we've got to understand how maybe our culture and the way we do things affects the way we minister. Right? Because we appreciate privacy. We appreciate independence. 
we'd appreciate personal space. But sometimes we gotta get out of that. Sometimes we gotta get in the mix. Sometimes we gotta get out of the privacy, privacy bubble sphere and, and, and get in the mix with some people. Sometimes we gotta get down in the alley during COVID, there was a guy walking down my street and I, I just, I don't know, I hadn't given anybody a hug for a long, I just said, you need a hug, man. Homeless guy, you know? We need to get in the mix with people. We need to get out there with people. Come on, family. You know, privacy and dependence is good. We can rest, we can relax, but, but let's get out there. Get in the game. Another thing that we have is we're, we're a country that we love to make plans. Everyone's day is like booked up from the morning to the night. Right, from 8 a.m. until or whatever, maybe it's 6 a.m. A lot of the people that are real successful, they brag about how early they get up, right? And that's fine. Getting up early is great. But my braggadocious and my brag, 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 bragging shouldn't be on how early and how much stuff I get done. It's how many souls and how many people I'm, I'm bringing to His knowledge. And you know, don't you know that Jesus Christ was interrupted many times? That so many times He was just passing through. He had somewhere to go. He had a different plan. But someone called him out. Jesus. Messiah. Abba. Father. They called him out. They were standing up in the tree. Or they were way out there. And, he, and it wasn't convenient. You see, sometimes we got to get out of our convenience. And stop what we're doing. And, 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 and follow the voice of the Holy Spirit that's telling us that this person needs some healing. That this person needs some deliverance. See, the power is in us to bring deliverance, and, and we, we gotta activate it. We gotta turn on the switch, we gotta flip the switch. See, Reinhard Bonnke said it this way, the famous evangelist, he said it like this, if you're doing nothing, God doesn't need to give you any help in doing nothing. Go out and do something impossible for Jesus, and then God will help you. You see, Greg LeMond, the famous cyclist in the Tour de France, the American, you know, that's older cyclist, he said, perhaps the single most important element in mastering the techniques and tactics of racing is experience. But once you have the fundamentals, acquiring experience is a matter of time. You see, we need experience. We need experience engaging with people, seeing their hurt, seeing their pain, seeing their needs, and ministering to their needs. The ultimate measure of a man, according to Martin Luther King, is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. When's the last time we got ourselves in some challenge, spiritually speaking? When we let who we are, the light, the power, the answer that we are, because that's who we are in Christ Jesus, we let that answer get into someone else's mess and do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and listen and respond in the power of God. That's in us. Let's get in the mess with other people. Let's not be afraid of being inconvenienced. Let's not be afraid of being challenged, family. Let's not be afraid of building the kingdom of God. Remember Jesus said, I'm here to build the kingdom. You see, the, the Scripture says it like this in 2 Timothy. In chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be ready when? In season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth 
See, some people are just, they want to listen to what they want to listen to. But we're responsible to bring the truth. We're responsible to bring the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And be turned aside to fables, stories and fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions and do the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. See, the other thing about sports, when it was time for game time, that moment that signified that it was on was when you got your shoes laced up. And you lace them up. And the Bible is asking us to be laced up all the time. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15, the New International Version says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We've got to be ready, family. We've got to have our gospel shoes on. Come on, and it's not just for the evangelism team. No, we, you know who the evangelism team is? It's us. All of us. All of us. We need to awaken and be the, the, the word of truth to a hurting world. See, Billy Graham said it like this. He said, we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. You see, there were, I could go through many other stories. I got, I got one friend who's always telling me his stories of how he slams the brakes on his car and pulls to the side and, and, and he feels compelled to go talk to some kids or he could be working out and go minister to people. And the other day he was at the dry cleaner and we had just been talking and I was kind of encouraged by what I was studying here. And he, he called me back after he went in the dry cleaner and he said, you know what, the Lord, the Holy Spirit showed me that there was a lady there that needed healing. And she needed healing and she was hurting. And she needed healing. And he went up to her and he said, I, I've already, I already know that you're, you're saved. I mean, you had a word of knowledge. And, but, but you need healing for something. And she started sobbing right there in the dry cleaner, holding everybody up. Family, it's okay to take some risks, to step out, to let the Holy Spirit back you up sometimes. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. You see, the other second thing I think that holds a lot of Christians back is this feeling that they're inadequate. This feeling of inadequacy. See, this article that Jeff Brumley wrote, it says it like this, feelings of inadequacy or a case of jitters seems to be keeping many Christians from sharing their faith with others. According to a new report by Barna Research, not feeling qualified or equipped is the main barrier to faith sharing, along with disinterest in disciple-making or a fear of not being good at it, of not having enough knowledge or being the wrong person for the job. See, the confidence crisis is a core issue, he said. The research group wrote an article about a project that conducted in partnership with navigators. See, Oral Roberts said it like this, if you want to experience extraordinary miracles, step out of your comfort zone and walk on water. The impossible is a stepping stone to the miraculous in God's economy. Also Oral Roberts. You see, Isaiah says it like this. Isaiah in chapter 60 and verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, your light has come. Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, 
and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, upon you, family, and His glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes. Wake up. Let's wake up. Let's arise. And they're gathered. They're out there. They're hanging from the trees. These young kids, the ones who are broken, the ones who are in gangs, the ones who look too tough for me to talk to, the ones who I don't have an experience talking to, they're there. They're there for you and me. They're in the highways and the byways. You know that scripture says, go to the highways and go to the alleys. But then it keeps on going and says, now go to the country roads and to the meadows. You see, sometimes when, when the, the feast is happening where Jesus wants everybody in, I think he made a point to show us that it's not just where you're, where, you're, where you're at in the city, but it's also in the rural areas. It's also where you're unfamiliar with. Maybe you in the city, you need to get your, your, your Garth Brooks on and step out, you know, into the, the countryside. And maybe those that are, that are more familiar with the country need to get in the city. See, I, I didn't know anything about Chicago, but you know what? If we make ourselves available to the power of the Holy Spirit, glory to God, that will shine through. The glory of the God will come on you when you awake, when you look out, when you see that they're all looking to come to you. See, the deception and the lie of the enemy is that they don't want to come. It says the earth is groaning for the revelation of the sons of men. They're groaning. They're crying out. Where are they? Where are the sons of men? Where are they? Where are you? Is it your neighbor? Is it, is it the guy walking down the alley? Is it the guy at the store, the cashier? Is it when you're going to go out of here? Maybe we're going to take an Uber. Maybe it's your Uber driver. Who knows how he ended up here? He might be from Pakistan. But maybe he's in your life for a reason. That one 10-minute ride. Come on now, family. It says, wake up and shine. It's referencing that scripture. It says, wake up and shine. It's referenced in the New Testament. It says, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, for this reason, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you, making the most of your time. See, we're going to make the most of our time because Christ is going to shine on you. He's chosen you to shine on. But we're, we're steady sleeping sometimes. We're sleeping with all that power, with all that time, with all of that beauty that's on the inside of you, with all that truth, with all that power. You see, the ministry of the Lord, it describes it in Luke chapter 4. I already talked about it in the communion message. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Him, He said. To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. To proclaim the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. See, salvation is more than just making it. Salvation is deliverance. You can look around and see that our world needs deliverance. Our world needs deliverance in every form. It needs healing. It needs freedom from oppression. It needs liberty. It needs good news for the poor. It needs the evangelio. It needs messengers. The ev, the good angel, the good messengers to bring good tidings. That's you. That's me. Christ is shining on you. Let's wake up. Let's wake up to that. Let me wake up to that. Let me be challenged by that. That He chose to deposit the fullness of God on the inside of me. Now it's up to me to decide what I'm going to do with that. Amen. How I'm going to respond. Yeah. See, Jesus was going through all of Galilee in Matthew chapter 4. What was He doing? Let's see what He did. In chapter 4, in verse 23, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing what? 
every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And the news about him spread through Syria. And was, they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering various diseases, pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. How many of you know he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And what does that have to do with us? Well, it says, Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 through 11, it says it like this. However, you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God does what? It dwells. It lives. It makes its residence in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though, the body is dead because of the sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to what? To your mortal bodies. You've got the life of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the same Spirit that healed everybody, the same Spirit that went around preaching and, and they brought everyone to Him, teaching, exhorting, all the epileptics. That's in you, family. The spirit of deliverance, the spirit of sotiria, the spirit of the kingdom of God to announce it, that's in you. That's what it means to be a builder, is to respond to the Holy Spirit. See, Christ is in us. We're His seed. He, we have the same spirit. That word that became flesh is in us. His own spirit, the healer, the savior, the redeemer, the good news, the release, the recovery, freedom and favor. The discerner, the finder of lost things, that's you. That's in you. See, it says, but you will receive power. When? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what is the job, the main, the principal job of the Holy Spirit right here? According to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the main principal job. And what? You shall be my witnesses. Yes. We didn't receive power to be our own little dynamite stick. The world needs to benefit from the power. We need to be like a flowing well of power. Amen. And the world needs to see the witness of His power that's on the inside of me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, all over the place, even the remotest parts of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. You've got power for a reason, family. Amen. Power to witness. Yeah. Power to bring His glory to the world. Yeah. Power to answer the call of a yearning people that are, that are there. They're, they're ready to come in. Yes. Yes. What does it say? It says the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. When it's ripe, we can, we can pick it off, we can pluck it. It was, no, it was nothing for me to go to that, that funeral. I just had to, I had to listen to what the Holy Spirit was telling me to say. Respond. And man, the rest is history. I'm, I'm more on fire today. I'm more alive. Because why? Because I got around some fire. You know, a lot of people, they wonder, hey, why do I feel like kind of lulling? Well, maybe have you not been around some fire? Maybe have you not unleashed? You know, there was this, this we would go to this one go-kart place in Greece and it was pretty shady because, because I did a few laps and it felt kind of slow as I'm a big guy and uh, was in an island. And then I was talking to the guy, I was like, hey, can you make this go any, like how can I get it to go a little faster? You know, I, I gotta beat my brothers, you know, in this race. And the guy told me, he said, listen, if you stick your hand over on the back by the engine, there's a governor that you can let out more fuel. You, while you're driving, just hold that up and the fuel release. And don't you know I was flying by everybody? Because <laughs> I learned that. Yeah, I had some burns to show for it. The engine, you know, I got my hand all burned up. It was kind of dangerous. But I unleashed the governor. See, a lot of us, 
we're not putting ourselves in situations that require the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, my one friend that's always out there, he told me, he said, it's like you're walking through an automatic door. You don't know what you're going to say sometimes. That's what Jesus said to, the, to his own disciples. He said, you know, when they bring you before the chief priests and the Sadducees, he says, don't worry, the Spirit will give you utterance. Sometimes we're waiting to get all prepared and this whole idea of being prepared, you have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. It's not in eloquence of speech, it's in power of the Holy Spirit and the simplicity of the cross that we need to bring people to this, this knowledge. Family, the power is in the Spirit of God. Who in here is putting a demand on the power of God? Getting out in the unknown, stepping on the water, who's getting themselves in a situation where, man, God, I need a word from you. I'm out here. I'm with this person. Tell me what he needs to hear. Tell me what she needs to hear. Tell me what they need to minister to them. Tell me the deliverance they need to experience right now. See, that's how we come alive as a church. That's how we, you know, it's, it, some of us, we just, we don't have a need for extra speed from the Holy Spirit. We don't have a need to unleash more because we're not doing more. We're not putting ourselves in those situations that get to the end of ourselves and require more of God. Amen. I want to get to the end of, let's get to the end of ourselves in a daily way. See, that's a church alive. A church alive is one that's like, man, I got this story. I got that story. This person needed that. This person needed this. And I stepped out. And I didn't have all the words. I didn't have all the, but, but you know what? He told me to say this. He told me to do this. He told me he needed a hug. He told me he needed salvation. He told me he needed healing. You want to know how to minister? Look at Jesus. What did he do? Did he always have some big message? No. People were crying out and he responded to their needs. He, he saw people that other people didn't see. He went places and was, was listening to the Spirit of God, the Father that was inside of him and responding to go places where there was someone that needed a word like the Sumerian lady. And then the next day, don't you know the whole city came to know him? Yeah. You see, the disciples, you know, they were holed up in that room in, uh, after Jesus had been crucified and they were scared of the Jewish leaders. But in, in, in John 20, Jesus came and said, peace be unto you and I send you out. What changed? He breathed the Holy Spirit on them. What changed? They were scared. He breathed the Holy Spirit on them and then they were sent. See, the difference is a recognition and an understanding that the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that Jesus walked around ministering the kingdom, healing the epileptics, changing this world for the good, being the answer is in you. When you realize that that Spirit is in you, you'll do extraordinary things for the kingdom. You'll be an extraordinary builder. This church will be alive in a way that it maybe hasn't been before. Because we'll all be doing our own part to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. The body of Jesus Christ. He said, uh, you know, sometimes when I, when I go to sales, one of the things that, that happens is like there's this one machine that I sell a lot of. It's a, it's a dicer for taco meat to grocery stores. And I, I've, last year we had the opportunity to sell to Jewel, you know, which is a big chain. And I had these meetings where there's all these higher up meat managers and guys that would come in and I would have to demonstrate the machine. 
And I made the mistake a couple times, and I had someone else come with me, and I had been out there a lot selling this machine, and, and he would start telling all the features, opening it up, showing it, and there's this huge blade, right? But, it, but it's safer because they're not, they're not putting their hands on the blade, they're, it's all enclosed. But it, when he starts showing it and opening it up and giving all the all those explanations, they're not seeing the power of the machine, right? And sometimes they would have all these questions and these hesitancies. And sometimes the best way to sell that machine was to show the power of the machine. Amen. Just put some meat in it, bring it out, and like, dang, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. That does some slicing, man. Let me get, let me get, like, because we do too much explaining. Some, sometimes people just need to understand the power, right? And, and there's power in you. People need to see the power. John Wooden, the great basketball coach, said, don't measure yourself by what you've accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished with your ability. Jesus chose you to be a vessel, to be available, to be a carrier of his kingdom glory. He sent out the 72. He, said, he didn't say get all, go to Bible school and get all trained up and get your words right and have your little notebook and have your little training, have your little wor words and your little phrases. No. He, the, how did he train them? They hung out with him. They saw him performing miracles. And then he said, go. Don't take extra stuff with you. Don't even take extra sandals. Don't even take, you know, because let it be God. Amen. And he said he, he saw Satan descending from heaven in that very moment. As they came back, they were filled with joy. See, the double benefit is that it blessed the disciples too. It's going to bless you when you start stepping out. Stepping out beyond where you feel comfortable, beyond where you feel prepared, and just depending on the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Can we do that, family, together? Can we put a demand on the Holy Spirit to show up? Think about paragliding. The only way that paragliding goes is if you jump off the cliff. You see, there's this, this scripture, it says, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul is, is talking about it like this. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times, what? In the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf. That what? That the utterance may be given to me in what? In the opening of my mouth. He doesn't say that I'm already prepared and I have a monologue ready for the people. When I open my mouth, the utterance will be given to me. When I open my mouth, the utterance will be given to me. Yes. In the opening of my mouth. Some of us got to get to the place where we're ready to open our mouth. And the Holy Spirit is going to back you up. The Holy Spirit's going to give you a word. Pray in the Spirit. Bubble. Dwell in the Spirit. The word in Greek, the word in Greek for the Holy Spirit is paraklitos. Paraklitos. It means beside the called one. The one that comes beside. You know, my brother, we had some bullies in the neighborhood growing up. They only messed with us once because my brother was beside me. Okay? He was beside me. You see, you have to know the one beside you is the most high God. The one inside you. You have to cultivate that awareness, family, that he's beside the chosen one. You are chosen to have the Holy Spirit right beside you. That's the helper. That's the lifter. I, I love how, how it describes the, the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to quickly do this and then we're going to close. 
how do I spell that? Paraclitos is P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O. Okay, so it, the, the meaning for that is called to aid. Okay, it's the first meaning, called to aid and helping. Number two, legal assistant, advocate. Number three, the one who speaks on our behalf, the mediator, the intercessor. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He speaks on our behalf. He's our advocate. He's our helper. He's called to come alongside you, the called one, and come beside you. Family, we are dynamic, but I think one of our, one of our challenges, we're not putting a demand on the Holy Spirit to back us up. And I want to see a church that is alive and building because they're stepping out and they're trusting the Holy Spirit to put some words in their mouth. Like I said, I think there's five main reasons why we're not stepping out. We can get to the other three and we can finish talking about the Holy Spirit next time. But family, it is imperative that in this day, we understand that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Our great mandate, the great call, is to go into all the nations and preach the good news. Preach the Evangelio. Preach the Gospel. Family, some of us, we don't, even, we don't even really, we haven't said it enough, we haven't gotten it so rich in our heart that we understand that it's great news. It's great news. The harvest is ripe. When he sent them out, he said, it's ripe. Just dust yourself off. He's backing you up. And what did they do? They came back full of joy, full of testimonies, and revival came in the book of Acts. Amen? amen. That's our job. That's our part in this. We'll get to the other three points next time, but family, I love you. I'm with you. Amen. We're doing this together. Our, 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 our cashiers need him. Our officials need him. Our neighbors need him. I can think of two neighbors right now that would come to church if I just drove my car right, right to pick them up. I'm convicted by that. Two neighbors I got. They've, they've, been, they've been busted and and they, 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 they're people that need help. The one guy doesn't have any legs. And the other guy got out of a rehab program. But they both told me that they would come to church. And I need to drive my car over there and pick them up. Come on. And, and, they, need to, and, and they need healing. And they need deliverance. And they need to be elevated to their understanding of who Jesus Christ calls them. That He sees them. That I can be His eyes in that situation. And they can receive deliverance in every way. Today is the day, family. Let's just pray on that, please. Let's bow our heads. Maybe, actually, I think it would be good if we could stand up and just open our hands. Open our hands and say, Jesus. Jesus. Come on with me. Jesus. 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 Thank you. Thank you. For showing me the way. Thank you for being the Word that became life. Dwelt among us. And showed us. And shared with us. The very power you have. In the Spirit of God. Let us not be limited. By convenience. By culture. By, by just listening and listening. Without stepping, out, without stepping out, seeing the lost, seeing the lost finding the lost, finding the lost responding, to the lost, responding to the lost, and bringing deliverance, bringing deliverance 
in the fullness of your power. Today, show me who needs your love. Show me who needs your healing. Let me come alive. Let me engage. And not quench the Holy Spirit of God inside of me. Let me keep the flame alive. Let me say your words. Let me use your touch and minister in your love. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Family, if, if, anyone, if anyone doesn't know this Jesus, we're going to have a quick prayer right now. If you don't know this Jesus, He's here, He's calling, He's knocking on your heart. We care so much because that's, that's the Jesus that gave everything. He paid every price for you. So if you just respond to me, you can receive Jesus. It says, those who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter what you do, it did. Doesn't matter if you're a crook in a tree. Doesn't matter if you're next to Jesus on the, and you're in the final moments of your life. He receives you. You don't have to get down and get baptized right away. He receives you just as you are. And you can work on the rest later because He loves you and He washed you and He wants to make you have authority of a king and a priest. So pray with me today if you haven't already. Jesus, Jesus. receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And making the payment for my sins and shortcomings. I call you Lord. I believe you raised in the dead. I receive you into my life. Make me a son. Make me a daughter. Right now. In Jesus' name.